Oh, God is good. Welcome. It's good to see you guys. So I, I came here down the trail. That's like my main road, and I'm like looking at how windy is. I even noticed like I was trying to distract Justice from his current crisis this morning and was like, look at the birds. They're even flying weird with this wind. And uh, bless the Lord, out here in Waterville, we nickname it Winderville. So our... Um, our pray our signs aren't destroyed out there today and <laughs> be careful as you're driving out. Uh, so good to see you guys. I'm really excited about uh, bringing this sermon series that we've been doing to a, a conclusion today. We've talked about uh, sidetracked and what it means to be sidetracked and, and how easy it is in our culture to be distracted. Um, any of you guys who have these wonderful smartphones, they can be a tool. Um, to, to help spread the gospel, but could also be a distraction um, in our lives today. I read my Bible on my smartphone because I um, go through version, and uh, I've had a high different notifications and different things because even in the morning when I'm going to do my devotions on my phone, it's ding, 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 other things that can distract and, and cause us to... Um, you know, turn turn aside from the most important thing. And so um, this series, we've really been talking about just kind of getting the distractions out of our lives. And it's not just technology that's a distraction. I mean, we've talked about how sometimes people can be toxic in our life and they can be a distraction and how we have to be careful. I tell young people all the time when I, when I speak to them, you know, that uh, good uh, that bad company corrupts good morals, and that we're really like the mate. They, they say experts say that we're the we're the we are the makeup of the five people we're the closest to, and that that's really kind of you know how we are. Uh, I used to think this was in Proverbs growing up: birds of a feather flock together. You guys ever hear that from your mom? Right? That's not in the book of Proverbs. There's a lot of old wives' tales that I used to think was in the book of Proverbs, <laughs> but it's still nevertheless it's still the you know it is true. And so we just have to be so careful because there's so many distractions that can just really get us um, unfocused. And so today, if you don't mind, I want to, I know we already prayed, but I just want to pray again that God would just really give us a heart to just really focus on his word today. Amen. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are so good. And God, even, even when we mess up, even when we fall, even when our flesh gets in our way, Lord. You are still God. You are still Lord. You are still King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace. And Jesus, I just thank you right now for coming and for just helping our eyes be fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. I thank you for helping us direct our attention to you, to your word, to your goodness. God, I thank you the goodwill, you, the good work you began in us, you will bring to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I thank you that nothing can separate us from your love, no height, no death, Lord Jesus, no demon, no angel, no distraction can separate us from your love. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that if there would be anything that would be in our way of having an intimate relationship with you, God, that you would reveal it to us today, that we would repent and change and turn towards you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to go to Exodus chapter 3. We do have a live event if you are um, using your uh, electric <laughs> device. Um, you can look on there. Um, but we are going to be in Exodus 3 most of the time today. We're going to talk about Moses. Exodus 3, 3 says, And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Say, turn aside. Turn aside. 
This is the thing, friends. The world wants to sidetrack us with all the different distractions that we have, some at our fingertips. The world would love to distract us. But God is looking for someone who will turn aside and notice what he's doing in the earth today. He's looking for people who won't be so uh, distracted by all the cares of this world. See, when Jesus told the parable about the seed falling to the ground, there was the one that was choked, that, that grew, but then was choked with uh, the weeds and, and, and whatnot because of the cares of this world. It's so easy to get distracted even with just everyday living, isn't it not? It's so easy to get distracted from the purpose of God with just everyday living, and yet God is looking for people who would be willing to turn aside. And so here's Moses, for those of you guys who don't know, this is after he left Egypt, kind of, he was fleeing really basically for his life after he, he killed a man and he left Egypt. And so he went into the wilderness, he went into the desert and he um, uh, married uh, Jephro's daughter and became kind of a part of the Mennonite, uh, uh, not Mennonites, how do you say their names? Midianite. <laughs> I'm not talking about the bonnet people. I'm talking about the, the yeah, the other ones. <laughs> I just, we just went on a vacation with the, with the, with the Mennonites, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, Jeffro's people, you have to look it up in Exodus 3, okay? So he went out with them and uh, he, what do you call them? Oh gosh. Okay. Just stop. Just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just totally, we're going, we're sidetracking. Okay. (laughs) So here he is, right. And he's, he's actually becoming a shepherd and he's tending his sheep. And uh, as he's doing his job, taking care of the sheep, God is looking for a shepherd. And so he turns aside and he sees this fiery bush, but a bush that wasn't burning up. And so he goes over there and and God speaks to him through the bush. You know, you guys have probably seen the Ten Commandments and our younger generation, maybe you guys have seen the Prince of Egypt, right? And he's standing on holy ground. He has to take off his shoes. But the interesting thing is as he's there, and God is speaking to him and telling him, I want you, and I'm, 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 I want you to go for me and do this work. What happens is, is Moses, is become, he comes up with a whole bunch of excuses of why he can't do it. And this is what I felt like the Lord spoke to me. Our excuses sidetrack us from the purpose of God if we're not careful. So stop allowing excuses to sidetrack you from fulfilling your God-giving assignment. Friends, our excuses can be the biggest thing that sidetracks us from doing what God wants us to do. God wants us to turn aside from all the other things of the world and to focus on him. But there's excuses that will sidetrack us and keep us from fulfilling everything that God has. See, an excuse is a reason we give for not doing what someone else expects us to do, right? The dictionary definition of an excuse to attempt to lessen the blame attaching to a fault or offense, to seek to defend or justify. See, Moses gave many big excuses that could have totally sidetracked him from fulfilling God, the God-given mission and assignment on his life if it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God. And many of us today have so many excuses of why we can't do what God has asked us to do. And really what our excuses do is they justify our issues. Instead of getting to our issues and actually repenting of our issues, we excuse them. And God, God is, it wants to speak to us today through the excuses that Moses used. I'm going to hit five of them here in the account of Exodus 3 that Moses used that really 
aren't just excuses. They're really, like I said, issues. And so five issues that would sidetrack us from fulfilling the call of God on our lives. Number one, identity issues. Can you say identity? Identity. When we have identity issues, we make up all kinds of excuses of why we can't do what God wants us to do. See, Exodus 3:11 says, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Identity plays a huge role in a person's confidence. Who am I? It is so easy when God is speaking to us to do something that we sit there and we make these excuses because of our identity issues of not knowing who we are. I've, I've been ministering to young people for 20-something uh, years, and, <laughs> and there's been times that I remember, uh, and this was years ago, at least 10 years ago, I remember talking to a young person, and they were this close, I thought, to giving their hearts to the Lord, and then they turned to me and they said, you know what, I'm going to wait till I'm an adult because I want to live my life now. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus when I'm grown. And I thought to myself, you don't know. The day or hour, God is going to bring you home. Some of you guys have probably seen on the news how Toby Max, um, a young adult son, only I think 20, 21 years old, just went home. I mean, how sad is that? We do not know, but yet we make these excuses because we really don't know who we are. And so we go out trying to do all kinds of other things because we don't know who we are and our identity plays a huge role in our confidence. Moses saying, who am I, showed us he didn't believe in himself. It's hard to believe in ourselves when we don't know who we are. I just recently talked to another young person. I said their name. I said, who, who, who are you? Who, how, how would you describe yourself? And they said, quote, unquote, I'm 15 years old. I don't know who I am. <laughs> said, well. You can know who you are, even at 15 years old, even at 13 years old. Even as a child, you can know who you are because Christ tells us who we are in him. But see, many of us, like Moses, deal with identity issues. And I believe Moses had significant reasons of why he dealt with his identity issues. One, um, he might have felt abandoned as a child. You know, he was put in a little basket and floated down a river. I mean, that's a story to tell right? He was raised in a culture that was not his own. Maybe he felt like he stuck out like a sore thumb. There's so many reasons why some of us deal with identity issues. Some of us are in our 30s, 40s, and maybe yet I even say 50s and still dealing with mommy, daddy issues and not being loved as a child or not feeling significant or not feeling valued. And so these things play into our identity as an adult person and we feel, who are we? But friends, God wants you to recognize who you are in him. See, Peter also had identity issues, you know, and it, it, he didn't know who he was until he got to know Jesus. And Jesus looked to, to Peter after Peter had a revelation of Jesus. See, this is the order it comes in. We always want to know who we are, but we need to get to know who God is, and God would reveal to us who we are because he knew us in our mother's womb. He knitted our bones together. Just yesterday, my daughter, 13-year-old daughter, and I watched the Unplanned movie, and uh, it is rated R, and I wouldn't uh, advise it to any, just anyone, but I knew that she can handle this content, and it's a Christian movie, and uh, <laughs> I was weeping like a baby watching it. Very good. Totally recommend it. But 
there's parts in that movie that reminds us that God knows us in our mother's womb, that he knits our bones together. He, he knows the destiny that we have. So, friends, if you have identity issues and you feel like you don't really know who you are, I want to encourage you. Get to know Jesus, and he will share with you who you are. So here's Moses making up excuses because of his identity issues that could totally sidetrack us from filling, fulfilling the call of God on our life. Sometimes the hardest things we have gone, gone through, though, friends, God allowed to prepare us for who we will become. And so Moses being put in a basket, sent up a Nile River, being raised in a culture that's not his own, also allowed him to be spoken of in the New Testament in Hebrews where it said that, he, that Moses gave up the riches of Egypt to be counted among his people. Friends, the things that he went through made him who he was. And the things that you are going through, the hard times that you're going through that gets down to the deep parts of your identity, they are making you who God has designed you to be. So don't let identity issues stand in your way and sidetrack you from being who God has called you to be. Amen. I'm so glad my husband's filling this in the front row. <laughs> Another uh, issue that could sidetrack us if we allow it is intimacy issues. Can you say intimacy? Here we see Moses' second question was, suppose I go do uh, the Israel, or suppose I go do the, is I think I might have reversed that. Yeah, there we go. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? See, Moses basically was like, okay, I really don't know who I am, but I really don't know who you are either. And friends, I think that's okay if, if we say, you know what, I don't know who I am. And I don't know really who God is or what he has for me. It's better to be at a place of, of being real and saying, I, I don't really know, than allowing our insecurities to keep us bound up and keep us from, from going to do what God has called us to do. So here he is admitting his his intimacy issues here. Friends, early on Moses walked with God. There became He had a deep desire to want to know who God is. My prayer is that all of us as a church, that we have a deep desire to really want to know God. I don't care if we have the biggest, flashiest, coolest church. I want to see people want and desire to know God and to know him intimately for who he is in their life. And this is where God reveals that I am the I am, the all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, present God who desires to fully be trusted by his people. How amazing is that? Because Moses said, who are you? Who should I say sent me? Friends, we need to know God. Because if we try to go do something without knowing who he is, we're going to find ourselves falling on our face time and time again. We need to get to know Jesus. We need to get to know God the Father. Once Moses began to understand that God is who he says he is, he began to realize who he was. See, this is the thing. Our intimacy issues are always tied together with our identity issues. That's why we have 50-year-old grown people still struggling with who they are because it it's tied back into their intimacy issues with a lot of times the way they grew up or maybe in the marriage that they've had for so many years. And so, friends, we have to get to the deep parts of these things. I remember um, 
after my, my husband and I have been married uh, 18 years, it'll be 19 years in, in April. And I remember when we celebrated seven years, my dad in all his wisdom said, all right, Joy, after seven years, you got to stop blaming your parents for your problems and you start blaming your husband. <laughs> you remember telling me that, Dad? <laughs> and it's been pretty true since then. <laughs> you guys have finally become the good guys in my life. Um, <laughs> but this is the thing. When we have intimacy issues, we always want to blame the people around us for whatever um, we're going through. When really God is looking for someone to take ownership of their own mess, their own issues, their own lack of intimacy with him. Because what happens in our intimacy issues is we go to people to fulfill in us what only God can do. Our mom and dad, no matter how awesome and secure and stable they are, can never uh, fully fill our hearts the way God can. If we come into a marriage one day, they can never complete us like God can. A best friend, a pastor, a mentor, a child. Some people have kids over and over to complete them and no person on this earth can complete you, friends. Our intimacy issues need to go back to what do I really, what kind of time do I really spend with God? What kind of time do I spend listening and praying? Friends, if you want to be challenged with intimacy to, to grow deeper in God, go read some of the old time books, like some E. M. Bounds books. I've been reading a couple of his books lately, and I'm telling you, they challenge me because like Leonard Ravenhill says, to be much for God, you need to be much with God. And friends, we have got to get to the bottom of all these uh, issues that we have, and that is going to come from a place of saying, okay, God, here I am. I, I need you to come. I need you to fill me. I need you to, to show, my, show yourself to me so I can know who I am in you, so I can do what you've called me to do. Otherwise, your issues will sidetrack you from doing what God has called you to do. And God doesn't want that. And the body of Christ definitely doesn't need that. And the world needs you to be what God created you to be. Amen. So here are these, uh, these two together, and, and security issues, identity issues, these excuses, they're kind of tied together. The third one here that can sidetrack you if you allow it is insecurity issues. Again, very similar to identity and intimacy issues. See, Moses didn't think God could use him because he was insecure. See, we have insecurity issues when we put too much faith in our own ability and not enough faith in God's ability. That's when insecurity issues come. Well, God, how can you use me? I da, 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 stutter. <laughs> I can't say Mennonites and Midianites, Midianites or whatever. <laughs> how can he use me? I say Jeffro like a hillbilly. I, how can he use me? <laughs> how many of us have different insecurities that stand in our way for allowing God to use us. Oh, I grew up this way. Or I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks or I, I have this learning disability or I have this uh, uh, disability in my life. I have something that's saying that I can't be used. I'm not good enough. And I'm going to tell you, friends, that is a lie of the enemy that attacks so many people. We were at a pastor's conference of a couple hundred pastors, probably like three or 350 pastors, and um, the, the lady who spoke, she, was, she is a, a counselor and a therapist and all these different degrees, super smart woman, but super humble. And, and she wrote, she had everyone write down the lie that they're constantly replaying in their head. And I'm telling you, over and over, pastor said, I'm not good enough. 
I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. That is how the enemy wants us uh, to sidetrack us. And that is how our flesh wants to sidetrack us from doing what God has called us to do. Because if you make that excuse that you are not good enough, you won't even ever try to get into the game. We all have issues. We all have insecurities. But God is bigger than our insecurities. God is bigger than our learning disabilities. God is bigger than our speech issues. God is bigger than our broken family. God is bigger than our brokenness. God is bigger than our addictions. God is bigger than our problems and our finances. God is bigger than our marriage issues. God is bigger than our insecurities. You may recall that uh, Moses actually tried to take matters in his own hands. And what I've noticed is a lot of times people who deal with insecurities, they put on this big prideful front. Sometimes the people who are the most sensitive are the most loud. <laughs> Some, seriously, I, I've noticed that. Sometimes the people who come off the gruffest are the ones who are the most sensitive in their own life, in their own heart. And so here's Moses, this, this man who's insecure, who was raised in a culture that's not his own, who was given away at birth for a good reason, but yet any child who, is, who has been given away at birth deals with abandonment issues no matter what. One of my uh, closest friends who was adopted as a baby and had a pretty decent uh, life, I'm telling she's she's even still says to this day, and she is a 60-year-old woman, deals with some insecurity issues from rejection and abandonment. Friends, it's, it's a real thing. And so here's Moses, deal, you know, who, who's insecure and deals with these issues, yet he's putting on this front that he has it all together. Yes, he's really uh, uh, from, the tri- or from the people of Israel, yet he's being raised with the Egyptians. And so he's out, you know, looking at the people of Israel, do, the Israelites doing their work, and he, he sees one Israelite being abused by an Egyptian. And so he takes matters into his own hands and ends up killing the Egyptian. That's why he fled from, in the first place from Egypt. Notice he took matters into his own hands a lot of times when we're insecure. So we want to keep people from seeing that insecurity. So we put on this front and we take matters into our own hands. But, friends, God sees our insecurities. And guess what? A lot of people do too. If you got just a little bit of discernment, <laughs> just a little bit of common sense, other people see it. Sometimes we're the only ones who's blindsided by it. How often do we take things into our own hands because of our own insecurities? And how often do we act outside of God's timing because we want to prove something because of our insecurities? Oh, Lord, forgive me. Come on. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, for acting outside of your timing. Forgive us for trying to prove to the world, prove to our family, prove to ourselves that we're something. God, help us remember that you are all that matters in our life, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for our insecurity. Forgive us, Jesus. Friends, we need to learn from our failures we need to fail forward and allow our failure, failures to keep pushing you forward instead of freezing you in fear and in insecurity. Don't allow your excuses or your insecurity issues sidetrack you from fulfilling God's calling on your life. God is bigger than your insecurities. This next excuse that Moses made of his issues was inadequacy issues. See, Moses didn't think he was good enough or strong enough. He doubted that he 
that God could use somebody like him. How many of us been there? Doubt God can use somebody like me. I'm not a leader. I'm not gifted. I'm not anything. God can't use me. And so when we say these things and we, we, we proclaim our inadequacy, what we do is, is we say, we, we make this excuse, well, God can't use me because I'm not good enough, and so he has to use that person over there. And we excuse ourselves. To prove to Moses that God would be with him, God did a little show and tell, right? <laughs> in Exodus 4, we see this. It says, then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it to the ground. Moses threw it to the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand, take it by its tail. So Moses reached out his hand, took a hold of the snake, and turned it back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. See, I find it interesting that Moses ran from the very thing that God placed in his hand. A lot of times, that's what we do. We run from the things that God gives us. We run from the opportunities that he gives us. We run from the open door that he opens before us because we feel we are inadequate. We feel that we are not good enough. And God is saying, but I'm opening this door. I'm placing this in your hand. I'm placing this before you. I've given you this blessing, and I want you to use it. I want you to pick it up, but we're running from the very blessings that God sometimes gives us. And friends, we need to ask the Lord to open our eyes to see the blessings that he has already given us. We need to pick up what he has given us, what he has placed in our hands. I love what 2 Peter 1.3 is actually one of my favorite scriptures. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We have everything we need, one translation says, for life and godliness. So often we make all the excuses about all of our issues because guess what, friends, we have issues. When Josh and I first started in ministry, uh, Kids Church, we had a sermon series that we did in Kids Church. This was back like when Lindsay, and Lindsay was like in our Kids Church. I mean, this is back in the day. Y'all see Lindsay. Okay, back in the day. We had, a, it, we had a sermon series called Tennis Shoes, and we had these tennis shoes all, all around the place, and it was 10 issues. <laughs> and, and we went around and we talked about these things because so often, right, so often, I, I need to bust that out for adults. <laughs> so often we have these issues in our life, and, and we, we want to just wear them like we wear tennis shoes, and we want to just pretend like they're, 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 they're nothing, but, friends, God wants us to face our issues, not make excuses about them. Because he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And those issues want to sidetrack you. They want to keep you from fulfilling the mission and assignment of God. But God wants you to turn aside, turn away from them, and to go towards him. And so the last excuse or the last issue that Moses really was dealing with, I think it's kind of probably the harshest word on here is insubordination insubordination issues. This is the thing. We have to learn to uh, submit. <laughs> we have to learn to submit to authority. I remember when um, I decided to follow the call of God in my life, 
I was just entering into my junior year at the University of Toledo, had a pretty decent scholarship and, and um, had just enough money saved up to go to what was called a master's commission at the time. It's like a school of ministry. Uh, I like to call it um, hands-on training and ministry. It was only for young adults. And uh, you, you lived with the people. And it was like I said, we, we ate, slept, and breathed Jesus. It was awesome. But um, the Lord said, I'm sending you there for a year to die to yourself. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, young and passionate. I'm going to die to myself. And then I get there, and it was so hard. Uh, the director of the of master's commission, my, my parents said when they dropped me off that they were like, I just dropped my daughter off to a cult. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they saw right away that this guy has some issues. And um, it was just the church is a wonderful place, and the senior pastor was wonderful. It was just the director of the school um, had some issues. Um, ha- and there were so many things doctrinally that I disagreed with with him. And I had to learn to keep my mouth shut during that time, and it was really hard. It was, <laughs> it was very, very difficult. And I'm telling you, <laughs> we, 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 but I had learned to submit during that time. I disagree. And matter of fact, um, by the end of the year, so the, year, the program is a three-year program, um, but I knew I was only going to go there for a year, and I did the rest of my uh, credentialing through correspondence. And, but yet, uh, I, I told them from the beginning, I'm only here for a year. I, I know it's a two-year program um, with a third year that they, they really encourage, but I, I know I'm only supposed to be here for a year. And my class was a pretty big class. I can't remember exactly how many it was, but it was a, a large a large class, and more than half of them ended up leaving before that year was was over. And then uh, the, some of the things that he was doing be, got to the attention of the senior pastor and the board of that church. It was a it was a huge church. It was a mega church before there really were meg, a lot of mega churches. Um, and uh, anyway, long story short, they wanted to meet with me about what was going on, and I, and I felt like the Lord said, do not speak against the Lord's anointed. Keep your mouth shut. God is going to show them on a different, you don't need to be a part of it. And so I was just like, I said nothing. And so guess what happened? He ended up getting fired, and I never lost my character or did anything to speak against him. He did end up repenting and continuing on in ministry. And because I never spoke against him, I still have a decent relationship with him, and I have a great relationship with the church. But what I learned was to submit during that time. And we have to learn to submit to people even if we don't like them. That means as a student, we have to submit to teachers that get on our nerves that don't maybe teach us well. That means um, as as leaders, uh, we have to submit to our director right in front of us in church ministry. That means as uh, people who go into an office or go into any kind of workplace when there's a boss, even when they get on your nerves, even when they're wrong, we have to learn to submit. Otherwise, we find because God has given authority, and God will remove authority when he wants to remove authority. It's not up to us. Read, what, read King David and how he handled the situation with Saul, with King Saul. Insubordination issues, though, friends, will keep us, will sidetrack us from fulfilling the mission of God. So here's Moses. And we finally see that after he gets all the insecurity issues, the identity issues, the, all these different eye issues I so cleverly put together for you. <laughs> after he gave all these, it comes down to Exodus 4, 13 and 14 when it says, But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Sometimes we just don't want to do it. 
And so Moses, you know, God, God in his graciousness, well, he, he, I mean, he did tell Moses about himself a few times. Like he said, who is man? And, 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 I, and I made man's mouth, you know, <laughs> want to make excuses. And he says, okay. In verse 14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. In the end, sometimes it's, we just plain don't want to do something, and we say, send somebody else. And we need to be careful because God will. <laughs> and you may be bypassed. Moses was still a part of everything and was, was honored, but who knows how much more um, honor. Maybe he would have actually made it all the way to the promised land if he would have got it right, right there when he met with God. Who knows? I don't know. But yet, God still had his way. And God is still God, and he's still sovereign. But friends, what I want to encourage you is we need to be careful because so often um, we can miss what God wants to do in our life because of our issues. Whether it's one of these issues that we mentioned or some other issue that you know that you're dealing with that's standing in your way of really being all that God has called you to be. Perhaps it just boils down to, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to serve. I don't want to give. I don't want to, I don't want to do what, the, what, this, what, what we feel the Lord is speaking on our hearts to do. And if so, friends, we've got to repent and ask God to forgive us. These excuses, these issues will, that we try to justify will stand in our way, will sidetrack us from being everything that God has for us. But if we repent, if we turn aside like Moses first day when he saw the burning bush, God can still use us and God can still have his way. And so I want to encourage you today, don't let any issue in your life sidetrack you from doing all that God has called you to do. Would you stand to your feet with me today? He's so good. He's so good. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good and you are so worthy. You are so worthy. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for just moving on the hearts of your people, even now, Lord. Moving on our hearts. I'm not going to give any kind of altar call like that, but right in your seat, if you know that as I was speaking, maybe one of these things kind of jumped up at you. Maybe, Maybe you deal with some insecurities. Maybe you deal with feeling inadequate. Maybe you feel, um, maybe you have a hard time submitting. Maybe you have some identity issues that you've been struggling with. If any of these things, you know, have just kind of spoke to you, would you just raise your hand in a sign of surrender to the Lord? Everybody's eyes are closed. If you would just raise your hand, a sign of surrender to the Lord. I want to just pray over you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for all these hands that are lifted up today, Lord Jesus. Right in their seat, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them, Lord. God, we all have so many insecurities, so many issues that sometimes stand in our way and make us feel like we are less than, that we can't do what you've called us to do. Lord, I just pray, oh God, I pray that you would touch every single person today, that you would show them that truly you have given them everything that they need for life and for godliness. And God, I pray, Lord God, every excuse that we make to justify our insecurities, our identity issues, uh, any other any other sin, really, that stands in our way, any excuse that we give for that, Lord, I pray that you would help us right now. Just ask you to forgive us and do something a little different. You know what's on your heart. Would you just whisper to the Lord, forgive me for this. And you just, you just mention it. 
Let's just take time in our own seats right now. Holy Spirit's here. Just begin to repent. Begin to turn away from that. Begin to just ask him to change you. with you friends just repenting asking God once again forgive me for my insecurity Lord forgive me for the times I make excuses that I justify bad behavior in my life forgive me for justifying sin in my life I lay down my insecurity my inadequacy God I thank you that you can use every single one of us and you desire to use every single one of us. And Lord, I pray that you would be the lifter of our heads today. God, I pray right now that you would come into this place, come into this room, come into this sanctuary, Lord Jesus, and that you would fill our hearts with hope that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Fill our hearts with hope that when we feel like we can't, that we will be reminded that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, and we bless you in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. If anyone does want any special prayer, I'll be glad to pray for you but you can be dismissed. Um, please don't feel like you have to rush out of here. If you want to stay in fellowship for some time, we'll be here for some time. We love you, and we hope that you come back again next week. <laughs>